What's going on guys welcome back to uh Menda podcast and we have an amazing episode here start off with oh i'm your co-host jacob hale of course yeah then you got me trey mostly co-host <laughs> yeah it's been a, it's been a while uh the last yeah, two been, we ain't been the intro or what's up we, ain't <laughs> yeah. been, we had the guys back together and we got our good old wow. buddy here that we brought in jared Jared, say what's up. What's up, guys? How are you? <laughs> chilling, man. Chilling. How you been, brother? Man, I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'm excited to do this. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I guess you could say I'm a little rusty going back and forth and different interview formats and stuff. But let's take care of the housekeeping, of course. Don't forget, like, follow, subscribe. Uh at the time of this recording, we just hit 100 subs on YouTube, so that's very exciting. You know, I appreciate all the support, everything you guys have been doing. Yeah, honestly, I mean, like like we always said, you know, we don't have a big production team. We don't have, like, marketing money and stuff getting thrown in there or anything like that. It's just four guys with a vision and a lot of hard work, so... Um, just every, kind little, of, every little milestone matters, you know. But uh, yeah, go ahead, like, follow, subscribe at underscore men the podcast on Instagram, on YouTube, men the podcast, all one word. And then uh, follow our uh, partnership with Mark Hicks. Get ahead with all your sneaker needs at Mark Hicks, or you can go to his website, markhicks.com. And then moving on to our very special guests. We have Jared Williams. So, Jared, you've known us for quite a while. You are absolutely an OG fan. Uh, as soon as we first told you about this podcast and uh, what we were doing, you know, you were a hundred percent on board. I think that was probably the first thing you said was I got to be on it. You know, like I'll, yeah. I'll do an episode, whatever you guys need, any of that. So, uh, you know, having people like that in your corner, um, you know, we we're very thankful and fortunate to have friends like you that are that accepting because, you know, this isn't, you know, this isn't a normal idea. I, I can understand that. So, to have a bunch of people that are immediately on board is like, this is going to be a good thing. I want to help, you know, that, that definitely kept us going at the beginning, trying to figure everything out and going through, you know, building the plane as, as we fly it, as I always say. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, I just want to see you guys win. Like one thing that like really speaks volume for me is that like with all you guys doing this, like I have really strong individual relationships with the four of you. So it's at the end of the today i just want to see you guys win and what you guys are doing for a lot of people right now you're really opening up a lot of eyes and you're giving people you know 
chances for their voices to be heard where like a lot of people in this world right now feel like their voices aren't heard. So just having that type of like realm out there to have people do that, I think that's big right now in society. Yeah, and we really appreciate the support, man. Like you watched our videos, you were there for the in-person stuff when we were recording way back in season one. Like oh, you've yeah. been, you've just always been there. We really appreciate you for always being there. Hey, man, I support, yeah. man. I mean, I live, I live for this. It's dope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it was Trey. Trey may have been the one to coin this first, but just the idea that at the end of the day, this is supposed to be a community, you know, just like-minded individuals and the ability to not only create platform like this, but to bring everyone on board to where it gives them a voice that they don't, we'll say they don't usually are able to, you know, bring out of them, if that makes sense. So it's just cool, you know, someone, people who know Jared, obviously Jared, you know, is a great human being, you know. It's Hollywood, guys, He's going to make you laugh. <laughs> yeah, great guy for sure. But sure? also, but also, you know, Jared's very down to earth. Uh, Jared's very intelligent. Jared has a lot of, you know, very interesting but good perspectives on life and has great values and just having just really the ability for him to share that and obviously to get documented, of course, you know, it's cool and it's great. You know, it's something that you'll always be able to have. So I'm always fortunate this platform and what we're able to do with that. But going on into the show, uh, Jared spoke on it a little bit. I'll, all of us have our own personal relationship with Jared and then also within our own friend group with Jared. And uh, I guess we'll start with how we all got to meet Jared. Right. Uh, right. So <laughs> I know with me and Jared, our good friend and the co-host Jordan Flowers, me and him play football together, and then he transferred over to Quincy. So I first met Jared when I went to go visit Jordan and hang out with him. Right. So that's how I met Jared. I'm sure Trey, you have a different story. Oh, I mean, how you yeah. <laughs> the way me and Jared met was it was our freshman year of college. We had all just got there. Football had just started. And it was the maybe the second day we were there after everyone had position meetings. And it was Jared and BJ because BJ was my roommate. And Jared was the only other you were I think you were the only other black uh O lineman. So like yeah, you guys yeah. were just <laughs> regardless. And this boy Jared in our room. He ain't had no socks on, just flip-flops, some ski shorts, and he didn't even have his shirt on. And it was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Where, where was his shirt at? Who knows? And he, Sweaty, uh, man. It was fall camp. <laughs> and he was just there for um, for fall camp. He just really started hanging out with me and BJ a lot. And, like, it got to the point where he would just bring his mattress and he was laying on our floor and all three of us were in this small <laughs> freshman dorm all stay together. We were just crazy wild and getting the RAs all up, playing music at 2 o'clock in the morning, just doing all that. And um, then it kind of went on to the next couple of years. We just lived together. And this is actually the first year that me and Jared haven't lived together in, what, six years? Five years? Six years. You, me, and BJ, six years. Yeah, so it's um, 
definitely one of the better things that happened to me and Quincy was me and Jared for sure. What's crazy oh, is yeah, that, yeah, that is. <laughs> Yeah, like, I was gonna say that is a thousand percent a Jared story right there, but you can go ahead. It was crazy how before I met Trey, how I met BJ, I accidentally smacked BJ one time and he smacked me upside the head and it hurt because everyone knows BJ is about six foot seven. So at that point I was like, let me go and make friends with the big guy so he don't <laughs> and do whatever. And it's been raps ever since for real. Yeah. Speaking of Quincy and football, I mean, you got to roll us into the, into the question here, but what everybody wants to know. Oh, yes, 100%. I've been thinking about this for a while. All right, so all of us have played football, either with each other or within the same realm. Me and Jordan played together. You, Trey, BJ, and Jordan at some point, you guys all played together. So right. uh, I have to know. What was your welcome to college football moment for you? Man, honestly, <laughs> it's so many, bro, because me and the guys talk about this all the time. Quincy, sometimes we don't even think it was a real place. Like some of the things that like happened there, some of the things that we know is just I don't think you would go anywhere else in this. You would hear these things. And I think for me, the one I'm really going to like touch on was actually freshman year. It was like going like maybe the fourth or fifth day of fall camp and we had meetings at about five o'clock and like five o'clock right on the dot like so realistically you're waking up at about three forty-five, four o'clock just to get there so i'm half asleep walking to this meeting like i last place i wanted to be was there i wanted to be in bed we walk into this audit it's like kind of like auditorium classroom where it's just more seats lights bright on all these things and i'm just kind of sitting in like the second or third row i was be sitting next to trey i'm pretty sure second mm -hmm. or third row i'm just halfway across the sleep and we had probably honestly he was a lot of things but he's probably one of my favorite coaches coach hub this man i i'm just gonna let you know now this man was not wired the same as other people like this man woke up in the morning playing classical music on the way to practice. He just was just cutthroat like it was. Like, man was just ruthless. So he pulls up this film on Huddle, and he goes, guys, what's wrong with this play? And we're all looking like, it's a five-yard run. Like, that's good. He's like, yeah, run's good. How'd the receiver do? Receiver in the right round, coach. He's like, yeah. He said, what about the D lineman? Just, I don't know. He got sucked inside. Like, he didn't fill his gap. He said, yeah. But what about to the side over there, like the sideline? <laughs> so he had a rule where we all had to be behind the white. <laughs> Everyone knows a football sideline. You had to be behind the white. There were so many bodies in the white, inside the white, where, like, but at the same time, since this was his first year as offensive coordinator, people really weren't understanding, like, what he was saying or what he'd do. Out of nowhere, he just immediately yells, the bleeping, like, the bleeping sideline. Like, just yelled it at the top of his lungs at, like, 5 in the morning. And I, when I tell you, I woke up instantly, and he's just yelling, berating, just flying out cuss words, basically, like, you feel little. I said, wow, this is what this is? Like, it was to a point where it was just, like, I just, like, the yelling was one thing, but I'm like, to have this much energy at 5 o'clock in the morning is nuts, bro. 
the fact that like you really tripping like this over a sideline. Yeah, bro. Like I don't know what it's going and like he yelled for probably about ten minutes that day, and we're all just looking around, like, like what is he on? It's literally, and it's probably like the second day of practice ever. Like he was just like, wild. Like you just didn't know what to do at that point. It's just from that moment on, I was like, I learned real quick that like you need to be on your stuff because I if they're gonna trip over a Cylon, the bigger things they really gonna get on you. Yeah. <laughs> I would prefer there's nothing more. I would say there's nothing more humbling than getting yeah. cursed out at 5 a.m. That is oh, just—it's just a different perspective on life. You just like, why? Why did you wake up angry? Like, were you thinking about the you with the sleep? Like, what you got going on? It was just, but, um, oh my god! Like, yeah, I would definitely. Hey, I mean, oh yeah, go ahead, Trey. I'm wanting to see if you can top really that fun. one. Uh, mine, mine's a funnier one. It was, uh, we were at Missouri S&T freshman year. I had just now finally started planning and, um, they had this D lineman. I promise you to not, he literally looked like, um, that one TCU lineman that everybody went viral for. That was huge. Like that's Sean what he Oakland, Baylor, Sean Oakland, Baylor. Sean Oakland, Baylor. Yeah. He literally swole as could be. His biceps was the size of my head with the helmet on. And they, <laughs> We were running a it was a read option and I had I had pulled the ball, started running, and he grips me with one hand, lifts me off my feet, and slams me on the ground. Like he yanked me backwards when I was in a full sprint. And like Jared watched it. We watched the film like so many clips and like we our quarterback group. They were just like, and they just kept replaying it. At one point, they had like paused it. You could see my feet off of the ground. And him see, just that's like, the worst when you're getting embarrassed and they just want to replay it over. I was like, <laughs> like I was like, that point I hadn't even got any football weight really. I was only, I was about 180 pounds, 190 pounds. Like he just yanked me. There was just nothing I could do. And then, and it was like, it was the right read and all that. And it was just like, it was just cooked. I just couldn't do anything. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, all the football stories I've had, anything that I could really pull out of there, man. I'll tell you what, this happened. <laughs> I was a freshman, freshman year. Mm-hmm. This had to have been Didn't the third have day of year, fall like camp or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you know, you just get there. You're you were the stuff. You were the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, in high school, and you're getting there. It's just a whole different ball game. So it's eye opening for sure. Uh, so. Third day of fall camp, okay? I knew the day started off bad because someone got kicked off the team that morning. Oh, man. Dude, this grown man, like senior, came in there crying, shaking everyone's hands like it was a pleasure. Hey, y'all freshmen going to be the future or whatever. Turns out he robbed someone, so he he probably should have gotten kicked off. Like, it was was a good move. But so (laughs) a guy got kicked off for robbery, right? That same day was the first day of pads. So you already know what that means. Yeah, everybody. First day of pads. Bro, I think our defense had real beef with our offense, okay? Like, I think they really didn't like those guys or something. But the usual thing happened. We do a play, right? This is uh, our first scrimmage, so about an hour into practice. Right. We do a play. Guy gets tackled easily, you know. Blow the whistle. Hey, we don't have full pads. Just got to show pads on. No tackling. Okay. 
literally the next play, immediately gang pile tackle, like just disregard for anything the coach said, right? So then uh guy on the team, he had to have been 6'5, 330, something like that, our left guard, something mm-hmm. like that. He came out of nowhere and just boom. Hit the linebacker out of nowhere. (laughs) So then our corner comes in, boom, falls right off the dude, but hits our old lineman, right? So Uh then our left tackle, who went to the league for a little bit, he was like 6'7", like 320 or something like that. He runs in there, and then the whole old line runs in there. Then the offense runs in there. So now the whole offense and the whole defense is fighting each other. And then... If you were on the team, but you weren't a freshman and you were on the sideline, they jumped into the fight. So oh, now there's like 60, 70 people fighting, right? And the only people not fighting were the freshmen. We were just sitting there on the sideline. We're just looking at each other like, but we were looking, we're like, yo, this is like, this is like last chance you. Like, I just saw this. It's like East Mississippi or whatever. So... Obviously, bro, they couldn't stop the fight. Like, there's 60 mm-hmm. people. So, right. 60 grown men. The fight, goes <laughs> oh, the fight literally goes on for, like, five minutes. But, like, it feels like forever. So, they finally mm-hmm. somewhat slowed down the fight. Head coach is just standing there just the whole time. Didn't say a word. Didn't, didn't curse, nothing. He was just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Fight started to slow down. Bro, they thought they could just go back and just, like, start a new play. He's like, hold up. Beep, beep. Yeah, everyone get on the sidelines. <laughs> oh no, oh man. Bro, the crazy one of the craziest punishment workouts I've ever done in my life. Like right in there, I really thought I was gonna quit. We did <laughs> from end zone to end zone. We did 10 of them, right? So mm-hmm. 110 yards. Yeah, 110 uh, yards, uh, right? Ran there. Work. Right. Bro, we did 10 of them, okay? Uh-huh. Then we bear crawled the whole length of the football field, down and back. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> then we rolled. Okay, the rolling is kind of cruel. And back. Rolling is evil. That's just the evil concept. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no, it gets even worse. Then we somersaulted <laughs> down the football field and back. So, oh, put your hands up, get on your your head and do a full like 360 on the floor. No, then no. we did that down and back. Okay. Then we did like $50 or 50 yard increments where you run 50 and back a few times. Then we did push-ups on his whistle. Got down the push-up stance and was doing push-up under his whistle. Uh, Bro, we spent we worked out for Two and a half hours. It was the whole rest of practice. Bro, yeah. we worked out for two and a half hours. He was finally done. He blew the whistle, got everyone up. He was like, all right, I just want to make it clear. I don't tolerate fighting. All right, well, you guys got lunch in about 10 minutes. Better get on in there. <laughs> and that was it. That was crazy. No position groups, nothing. Everybody get off the field. There you <laughs> go. Just, just go. Bro, that was the craziest thing I've ever been a part of. Did they fight again? Did anybody fight again? Oh, no. 
No. <laughs> like, they didn't fight, but people were so quick to stop it. <laughs> nope. It was like, y'all ain't going to me today. <laughs> oh, and then, like, people, because people were crazy, so people were making threats. They're like, mm-hmm. man, I'll fight again or something like that. They're like, if you fight, we're fighting again in the locker where there's no one around. <laughs> there's going to be a real fight. Yeah, no, they weren't trying to die. Oh, man, that was, that was insane. But uh, I say all that to say, it was a great opportunity of building relationships with the guys around you. You know, the freshman class, that was probably the closest we've ever gotten as a group, just because of how how shell-shocked we were of what college football became and what it was all mm-hmm. about. And it's interesting because if anyone has ever met Jared in their entire life, one thing is very clear is that he is really great at communication. He's a great guy to talk to, just calling it for what it is, you know. It's great to be around. He's always there to listen, right? So I wonder with Jared, not everyone has that ability to be memorable in that regard and to be able to almost seem like you can belong in any group of people yeah, in any situation, nice. right? It's a real talent. So I wonder from your perspective, you know, how important do you think it is for people our age growing up and having that form of communication to where you're not just stuck to one type or one group of people, but you're able to be adaptive and be in many groups? Well, I think one of the things for me that, help with being adaptive was just kind of like how I grew up so basically just a little bit about me I'm from the city grew up in like central west end my dad lived on the south side so in a situation like that I kind of grew up with like a lot of inner city kids those were like kind of like my friends growing up but in my elementary school years all the way through high school I went to school called Webster Groves which is in the county so basically kind of how like St. Louis is set up is where like a lot of city kids were bused to go to the county schools and just kind of my situation was that in a situation like that, a lot of the kids in the county are more like suburb style raised, more like, you know, strong family backgrounds and stuff like that. And a lot of my inner city friends, kids were one parent household, probably being raised by their grandparents or just kind of situations that like aren't always ideal. So kind of dealing with that, I feel like learning and molding people to who they are, you kind of realize that like you can connect with people in many ways. And seeing that though, is that like, everybody wants to be heard and everybody wants to be just wants a friend at the end of the day. And I feel like just me kind of not so much, maybe always agreeing with how people may see the world or whatever. I'm always understanding to that because you got to think their situation made them think like that. And I feel like when you have that understanding that allows you to build a relationship and really connect with people and kind of just grow from that point. And I feel like I've never really noticed I had that ability and so I got a little older because I always just thought just, you know, me just being me, me making friends, me getting along with people. And sometimes it kind of messed me up a little bit when I kind of got to high school because I feel like high school kind of kind of tore me a little bit where like people wanted me to pick and choose on who I hung out with, where like the one side of me was kind of like, I don't want to bring like race into it, but like I had one side that was like my black friends that were like the kid, my like kids from the city, my like Like homies. the kids you grew up with. Yeah, the kids I grew up with basically. And then I have my other group were like the white kids and like kind of like the suburb kids. And I fit into both, but not necessarily all the time they mold together. 
So it kind of got me to a point where I started to realize that I had to cut some people just out of my life, that some people just weren't good for me. We're like, if you're going to make me pick and choose who I need to be with, you're not the type of person I want to be around. So I kind of had to make some ties and really cut some people out of my life. Like, and kind of bothered me a little bit because like you, like you guys, I'm a very relationship connecting person, but when it gets to a point where things start to affect you, you do have to make some changes. And I'm still nice to people. I still connect people, but I am a little bit more selfish with myself in that aspect, but I still keep those relationships. that mean a lot to me. Like my friends I grew up with may not talk to them all the time, but I'm still close friends with them to this day. And as I get older, there are always going to be people in my life, but not everybody sometimes just can't be in your life all the time. Right. And one thing I will say about Jared, I don't think I have ever been in any environment with Jared where he didn't know somebody. He might know the most people in the entire world. And he'll back me up on this. We walk into any club, we walk into, we could go into a bookstore in a random town. I promise you, Jared, go know somebody. Are you going to be like, yeah, that was my cousin's homie? Or did you go anywhere? I promise you, he knows literally every single body. I will say, if there is ever, if there is ever a mayor, like if you can never give a mayor title to a friend, hands down going to Jared, I can't tell you how many times, and it's little things. Like we'll be like, what do you want to do? Oh, I'm gonna go here. I'm like, oh, let me let me make a call and get you free parking. I'm like, bro, like, yeah. <laughs> what do you know? Like, how would you know all these people? It's it's incredible, you know, what Jared's able to do. And the crazier thing is that uh, it's not even like he's using anything. Like these no, people they just genuinely like Jared. They love <laughs> Jared. <laughs> well, it's just one of those things where it's like Jared's barely even asking. Like he'll just come on, hey, how you doing? It's like, how many oh. people are there? Yeah, yeah, all you guys come in. Come on. You you know Jared? Yeah, come on. Come in. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, oh, that's my homie. I didn't know you was cool with Jared. Come on, you get anything. They just do whatever just because they know it's Jared. I mean, I've always kind of been that person where, like, I feel like peop- I've built that in people and they've built that with me where it's like, if I do something, if you do something for me, you know that I'll do something for you at the end of the day. And people could attest that, like, I don't know why I've always been like this, but, like, it could be somebody on the street. You need f- $5 here. I'll give you 10 bro. Because at the end of the day, it's not my business. What you got to do is just hopefully it helps you get through the day to day or anything like that. And I feel like I just pride myself on doing that. Like I love helping people, being there for people. And do they reciprocate it back sometimes? But a lot of times I'll do a lot of things for people and they don't reciprocate it all the time. But that's okay because I know in like it feels good in my aura that like I did something for someone that day. Yeah, and it's a big full circle thing. It's like, it's always like, it'll always come back around. Like, even if you're not expecting something, like you just doing a good deed, one day something else will happen, a different day that you might have needed help with or something like that. And that's just kind of a good way to go about really doing the relationship building that you were trying to talking about previously. Exactly, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this there's also a form of spirituality that goes with that, you know, maybe not directly in religion, if you don't want to throw it in there, but, you know, spiritually, it does give off that vibe that just genuinely good people, genuinely happy people get rewarded in one way or another. And it's not always a direct benefit. And 
like you said, Jared, you're not always going to have people that have your best interests when you're being nice and being kind and such. But just being a good person in general, just being happy, just being cooperative and, and just pleasant to be around goes a long way. And, you know, I've seen it firsthand with you, just you may not know someone, but just you being there and that energy and vibe that you give off, people just gravitate towards you naturally. People who just want to talk to you, want to get to know you, want to see what you're about. And as I always say, that's that's a great skill to have. And it's almost even a talent to have, you know, because part of me really believes you don't know that you even have that ability on people. Uh, I don't I don't know. Have you ever considered that, that certain things that you do or the way you go about it is in the form of some type of talent that maybe not other people can do? I never really thought of it as a talent because at the end of the day, it doesn't there's no talent just being a good person like if we all even if we're not like that type of person all the time you can fake it to your make it eventually where you can't be a good person like we all have the ability to be good people in this world and just get back to this world and i feel like for me i've noticed with me like when you kind of brought up like kind of people gravitating around me and just kind of like having that thing where i feel like that just attests to the people that i'm around because i always want to surround myself with positive people so really it comes down to me wanting to kind of gravitate and be a part of their realm because I know if they're putting something to this world that I feel like can impact me, I want that a part of me in some type of way. And I feel like I've had the blessing to really have those types of connections in my life. Like, for example, like when I, before I, when I get to people in my life, like Jared and Austin, my best friends growing up, they're still my best friends to this day. And we've known each other since kids. And the reason why I have them, because they have definitely brought something out of me that I never thought I would have. Trey and BJ were my roommates for six plus years. It's hard to live with people, but I'm going to let you know now, we probably had the easiest setup that I've ever had in my life. Like, honestly, like, it's one of those things that, like, those were just two positive people in my life that brought the best out of me in ways. And I get test to all my other friends, you, Andy, AJ. All these guys, I was truly blessed to really have people that have my best interests and want to pull the best out of me. And I feel like at first you could say they're gravitating towards me, but I feel like I'm gravitating towards them because I want to be the best version of myself any way possible. So when you surround yourself with people like that, I feel like that's like the makers of like how you can really be. Yeah, well said. Uh moving on and really expanding on that you know let's talk about the general population here in the world uh all of us have social media of course all of us use it everyone has their apps i love social media especially for the memes. there's so much funny content on there but if we're being honest especially with our younger generation we talk about positivity talk about communication we talk about healthy relationships and social media doesn't always adhere to those types of standards. And if anything, it's the opposite. You know, the most viral moments, the biggest videos always form some type of negativity or some type of unsustainable relationship, that dynamic that's going on in there. And when you look at that, you have to think about what it's doing to the people who are viewing it and what they tend to learn and eventually adopt 
from looking at videos like that. Um, good example, you look at the typical rap relationship drama, right? Of uh, big fighting and stuff, you know, see it all the time, video surface, people fighting in parties and the club and stuff. And you do eventually see people adopting that type of behavior to where you go out and you see couples having terrible relationship, terrible relationship dynamics and things of that nature. Now, I don't want to touch too deeply on that, but I'm interested in your take and how do you how do you navigate through keeping that positive mindset, spreading that positivity, but understanding that there's a lot of people that are more than willing to issue in a negative relationship or a negative attribute onto you? Well, that's actually a good question because I was actually just talking something similar like this with a coworker, and I think social media has been a great thing, but also it can be a bad thing where the bad part of it that I'm going to speak on is that it creates a space that you're comfortable in, that you're going to typically surround things around stuff you like and stuff that you like rather see and rather do, which sometimes is okay, but at the same time, I feel like our generation, I feel like, is so worried about protecting people's feelings or kind of being a little bit of like, oh, it's okay to feel these ways or whatever. But to a certain point, there is a right and there's a wrong. And I feel like when it comes down to that, we as our generation don't have enough uncomfortable conversations where people, honestly, are, I think we're scared to be held accountable to a lot of the things that they have practiced and their habits that aren't always okay. But I feel like that kind of starts in the household where they're not being held accountable to a lot of their actions, a lot of their habits that have been told to go okay. So when you go into society and people call them out on it, now kind of when you went to communication, some people may not communicate that right, but at the end of the day still, we have to be adults and understand that we're always not going to be like patted on the back all the time. People are going to say things make us feel good all the time. And I feel like that kind of that like realm has kind of went away where people want to feel good all the time and that's just not reality like there's days where my boss may really harp into me and really say something that I don't like and half the time it may not be the right way but at the same time I've learned that like he wants to make me better in this world and he's holding me accountable I just have to take it and go on where I feel like now with social media it's creative because you don't see these people face to face there's no true accountability like maybe you'll get suspended a couple of days, but then you're right back on saying whatever you want. Or if you are saying one thing, someone could say something, but if it's not with the norm, well, if it's your page, you probably have a hundred other people that agree with the same thing that you said. So they're just going to back you up and think it's okay. And I feel like to a certain extent, we need to come out of that and have those tough conversations and really understand that like, there are, like I said before, that's a right and a wrong. And I feel like I don't have the answers to how we can really get to that point to where we can have those tough conversations. But I feel like just kind of in my situation, I seek out those tough conversations. Like I hope my friends hold me accountable. Like if I'm doing something wrong, I feel like they'd be, they'd be being a bad friend if they don't tell me if I'm doing wrong. Like praise me for being right, but praise me for just being just as wrong as well. And I feel like that's where true growth and true strength is really going to be formed in the society that we're honestly, I feel like we're kind of losing right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, especially when you talk about that, um, like your people you surround yourself with being able to have those tough conversations. And I think you do a very good job of 
having those tough conversations with a lot of different people. And I think that comes in with your kind of your communication talents that not a lot of people have. You're always open and you're always willing to just be completely honest with somebody. You don't really have that fear of what somebody's going to think of you because you're so I would say you're so like down with yourself and you know what you're about and what you stand for. And I think that's really something that I really admire about you that I've always noticed. Right. And I think that comes down to because at the end of the day, just because someone doesn't agree with something that you may feel passionate about doesn't mean they're a bad person. And I feel like, again, with social media, when you continue to surround yourself with people that think like you, you're going to think that like, oh, apples to oranges, oranges is 100 percent wrong. Well, oranges may have a different perspective than what apples thinks. So when it comes down to that, instead of taking that energy that you have to really like kind of put them down or try to convince them wrong, it's okay to hear people out or whatever. You still don't have to agree with them, but you have that right as humans where we have to we have to listen more than what we speak. And I feel like doing that, we're all gonna come to a different common ground and understanding. We're like, either we don't agree on something. Once you hear each other out a little bit more, you're going to realize, wow, we honestly think pretty much pretty similar to what each other. So instead of us fighting about it or whatever, let's try to find that common ground. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing you just speak on that I find interesting and I'll expound on a little bit is you're right. At the end of the day, people always want to make things. It's either right or it's wrong. You're here or you're there. When in reality, most things exist on a spectrum. And it's not really whether it's right or wrong. It's more of just what made you get to that certain conclusion of whether you are on the right side or the wrong side. Because you can have a reasoning that makes perfect sense. There's a lot of things that creates this spectrum. You know, for starters, preference. Preference, your own preference could be a reason why you choose one side or the other. And with social media, um, it's like, I forgot the term for it. I guess we'll call it the small majority. I'll say it like that, to where it's a small amount of people that believe a certain way, but because it's gone so viral and so many people viewed it, it gives off the impression that everyone thinks like that when it's not exactly true. And it just creates such a dangerous dynamic because you're trying to appeal to such a small group of people on a wide variety of topics. This isn't a direct this towards anyone or anything, just speaking as a whole, you know, it'll be a small group of people that go viral for a comment or a situation and and people are on the fence and make you want to pick a yes or no here or there, right or wrong, where it never really should exist like that. Everyone should have their small pockets and then everyone should be in a situation to where the spectrum exists and we're all able to coexist with each other. And like you talked mm-hmm. about, Jared, you know, at the end of the day, when you're able to coexist, you create the camaraderie. You know, we're great friends with Jared, not because we're exactly like Jared. We're all very different people, but it's the fact that we're all able to communicate our thoughts and our thinking in a very productive way. And we're all able to learn off of each other. That's what makes our whole group so powerful and so good. But for some reason, we didn't believe it was a spectrum. It was always what I said was right we would never be friends and we would never get a lot done. And as we are talking about here, that wouldn't create a healthy relationship. And from a mental health standpoint, if you think like that, you know, there's so many things that go into mental health and I won't talk like 
I know everything, of course. Uh, that wouldn't be fair. I don't have any special learning, education experience or anything like that. This is just my opinion. But when we talk about mental health and good mental health and bad mental health, in my personal opinion, I think a lot of people deal with this to some degree to where they're so trapped in their own thinking, but it's such a unique way of thinking that no one else agrees with them. So you get those feelings of alone. You get that feeling of uh, no one being there to communicate and no one being there to understand what you're going through and stuff. And I know I'm getting on a tangent here, but I guess I'm curious with you, Jared, is that everyone has their own convictions, right? So in your personal perspective, how do you balance everyone else's different personalities and ways of thinking, but also being that person there, you know, again, you have to communicate with them. You have to work with them. And that could be in your life or in your job or wherever works. Well, I, it's funny you say that because one thing when it comes to people and just like how they think, and that's funny how you kind of said like how people think one way, but their ways are just so unique, but they're kind of almost like harped away from it. Well, the way I look at it in a lot of ways, though, is like, I feel like a lot of people are scared to think differently or think to a certain extent where like if someone is thinking like a way that you're necessarily don't agree with, but you feel like it's out of the norm, people will go away from it because the norm tells them this is not okay. And I feel like with me, I've embraced so many different people's thoughts, personalities, the way they think, because at the end of the day, embracing them empowers them to be their best self and when you see the way they think and them being their because all i want around me is raw genuine who you are not who I, you feel like you need to be who your parents may need you to be like who you really are and i feel like embracing that in them allows them to go be their best selves in society like you could i can attest to this i have some friends that will say some outlandish stuff like they will probably say some things that will probably blow a little minds a little bit. But at the end of the day, I'm never going to judge them. I'm never going to say, oh, you're wrong or that's not right. At the end of the day, what you said is how you feel. Let's talk about it. Tell me, like you said, how did you get to that that idea? How do you get your thought process to feel that type of way? Like, I genuinely want to know because maybe there's something that I'll pinpoint that will make me feel like, oh, okay, I like that. Or I can see where you're coming from with that. And that's okay to think like that. And I feel like some people may not like that. Like, I would say this, my mom probably doesn't like it all the time, that I'm so, like, not so open to that because, you know, your parents want the best out of you and they probably want you to feel some type of way. But at the same time, I don't. Like, that's just who I am. <laughs> yeah, you're just kind of open to a lot of different things. You don't really yeah. have one specific way that you think everything should be. I think that's another thing that makes you so much more relatable to more people just because you are willing to take in a lot of different perspectives, whereas some people are a lot of are mostly stuck in their ways. Yeah. And another thing I would add on is just, yeah. And I would add on another thing with Jared is um, his ability to adapt, but also his ability to try new things and really challenge himself and, uh, one thing that's interesting that you mentioned earlier is that you were a former offensive lineman and same as myself. Mm -hmm. But if anyone ever saw you today, they would not think that at all. Not <laughs> at all. For sure. <laughs> uh, you've done a great job with working out and 
um, getting in really great shape and just, again, challenging yourself and pushing yourself. And you're currently working at uh, First Form, which if people don't know uh, what that company is, it's, uh, well, actually, I'll have you explain what First Form is and do your little sales pitch for it. So we're, First Form is a nutritionist, fitness, wellness company that the overall goal is to change people's lives. Like we work with raw people, raw humans that just want raw real results. And honestly, before I even started working out at First Form, I started to really kind of get to a point where after football, I kind of, I don't know, it's really hard to explain, but you know, it's just like, you're kind of like, when you start playing football a little bit, it's just like, it's like that break at the end, like, you stop caring about how much you really eat, how much you're really like having fun, drinking, things along those lines where like I picked up a heavy amount of weight. And I think with that, I kind of lost myself a little bit where like I was like, I'm not as confident as who I am anymore. I'm just not liking it anymore. And I just put that switch and I changed or whatever. And living with BJ, I remember he uh, last that last summer did 75 hard and he said he was going to do it again. I said, I'm doing it with you. And he kind of looked at me surprised a little bit because like something like 75 hard people would know me. That was not something that I would never do. And basically the rules of 75 hard is it's 75 days of no cheat meals, no drinking. Uh, you have to do two workouts a day. One workout has to be outside. And you have to read 10 pages of a book. And that's just not me to a certain extent. Like obviously like, I wasn't really watching what I eat, love to have fun. So if I go out, have fun, I probably was going to have a couple drinks. So this was time to really kind of like challenge myself to really like not so much lose weight, but give myself a point to where like, I'm not happy of where I am and I don't like where my mental is right now. How can I make myself better? And I feel like this was the only way to really make myself better was to persevere and put myself in an uncomfortable position. And I did that. And I went the full 75 days without failing. Because once you fail, you have to start over. Didn't fail. It helped that I had a roommate that was on, on the same schedule as me. So helping me hold me accountable to that. But it's not as hard. It's not as hard as what people think. But I feel like making time for a lot of your tasks is hard. Like there's days where I did everything, did not want to read 10 pages a day. Or there's days where I just didn't want to work out or anything like that. But I knew. If I did one thing wrong, because at the end of the day, it's all about the little things in life. If I didn't do this one tedious thing, it would have a ripple effect and affect the whole thing. And I knew I had was determined. I was on a goal and I wanted to finish. And I did that. And I'm proud of myself for that. And doing 75 hard didn't get me on the track to just lose a bunch of weight and work out. It gave me the mindset just, just to continue to try to be 1% better every single day. So I just started adding on those days and to where I'm at now, like you said, like people look at me now and they're like, you played on the line in football? And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm almost halfway crazy now. <laughs> so would you say that 75 hard was really kind of the driving force for you going in, like applying for first form and getting that first form job? Or what do you think really was your motivation to um, go and be a part of first form? Honestly, it didn't because I actually, until I started working there, I didn't know who Andy Frisella was, the owner of the company and the creator of 75 Hard. I didn't know who he was, and I didn't know 75 Hard had any correlation with that whatsoever. At that point, it was just like, I think 
and I I don't talk about it too much, but around kind of like my time at the end of Quincy was probably the lowest that I was mentally. Just a lot of outside things going on and just kind of to a point where like, I'm such a big personality in a lot of ways where like, if anyone's ever been to Quincy, it's a great place and I met great people, but sometimes it kind of like dimmed a little bit, a little bit where like, I just wasn't happy anymore. And I think I was just so ready to get out of there that it just kind of put me at a lowest point. So when I applied for the job, honestly, I was just applying for anything that I felt like had a good opportunity and could just get me out of Quincy. And ideally that's probably not the mindset that you want to have in a way to look for a job. Thank God it worked out for me. But I think it's one of those things for me where doing that, it was a diamond in the rut type of situation where I just wanted something to get out where I ended up being educated on so many things to where I could pursue more of my health and fitness journey, learn to be a better individual, find different ways to just like not eat better and like do things just to like, I don't know, look good. I think I found my intent and why I do all these things. And I think it's one of those things because I know what it's like to be really down in your health, mental health. You know what it's like to like, not feel like the guy that maybe like people don't look at all the time or like you're this big personality, but sometimes your confidence is a little dim. And I feel like my intent was to really empower those people that really feel the same way as me, because we all get kind of get to that point sometimes. Like, and I knew what me, I love to build those relationships with people and grow in that type of matter. Where like doing that, me being at my best self will allow me to give back to others that may be in the same situation as me and finding my intent. That's kind of like, was really my motivation. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, I think what's really amazing about what you said is you really talk about the mindset. You know, there's, there's a lot of concepts and things and a lot of gems that you mentioned, but the core is your mindset and how you went about and tried certain things. And one thing I'll say about fitness in general, what I've learned is that I used to always think working out was for losing weight. So I want to lose weight. I'm going to go work out. That's what I associated with. Even when I was in football, surprisingly, that's just the idea that I thought when I was working out, I was like probably losing a ton of weight here. Right. And it's a little bit different, you know, nowadays I think of working out as like I work out for the experience and the intangibles that I gain from that, the discipline, you know, the hard work, the determination, uh, the strain, you know, just actually working out and being tired and being drained and still having that drive to finish out the rest of your day and do certain activities and such. And uh, you mentioned all that through there and, I always found that interesting and just with your mental health and my mental health too, how much my mental health has improved by just consistently going to the gym, constantly being challenged in a good way. And then getting to that point to where I'm comfortable, I want to push myself a little further. I don't know if you know, but I knew Trey knew uh, there was a time where I was training for a 5k mm -hmm. and I had no business or any reason <laughs> They have no business running that far. <laughs> but uh, it was just one of those things where I would go to the gym and I was on the treadmill. And then at some point, I just went to challenge myself. I was like, you know, how fast can I run a mile? 
And then it just grew from there and grew. And then finally I had this opportunity. I was like, you know what? I want to run a 5K because I remember when I was an old lineman and I was going through football and stuff. And I thought to myself, I would never run a 5K in my life. It just wasn't in the cards for me, right? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it literally got to the point where it was like a fun challenge for me. And then being able to do it and getting in a good time, I think I averaged somewhere around a nine-minute mile or something. So mm-hmm. if you think you can beat that, take a picture, send it to me in the podcast. <laughs> I want to <laughs> see if you can beat that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just being able to achieve that goal, right? And, again, it's not for mm-hmm. anything. I didn't get any money out of it, you know, nothing. Just from a mental health standpoint, how I felt achieving a goal like that meant so much to me. And yeah, it was like I guess moving on with you, Jerry. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Trey. For sure. Yeah, it was um for sure. I would definitely say that uh, working out will for sure, like it's more of a stress relief thing. I think that was not really something that I thought of at first with working out. I used to hate working out. You can ask Jared. Hated working yeah. out. Hated the protein shakes. I never drink with the gym with me. <laughs> None of that. I was like, I don't need that. But um. And I feel like that was another thing with football is that they like scarred me because working out, we'd have to wake up at five, 6 a.m. to go work out. I was like, I hate that stuff. Like, I'm never going to do that ever again. And when I got done and then um, while they were doing 75 hard, actually, I would go to the gym a lot with Jared. I wasn't going to do the 75 hard, but, uh, you know, that's that's a, that's a different story. But um I really like he kind of motivated me to go to the gym more and um, and start getting stronger, start drinking the protein shakes. And he he kind of introduced me into a lot of that just because he wanted to better himself. And he inversely bettered me as well, which I was really appreciative that he did that for me. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like one thing my mom used to always tell me, and this is for each and every person we're all a lot stronger than what people, what we really think we really are. And I think that's one of our biggest fears is that like, we don't want to find that out because a lot of times we have to really dig deep and put ourselves in situations that we don't want to put ourselves in. So kind of like you doing that 5k, somebody that's probably like, I would never do that still. Maybe there's something different for them where like, they really got to dig deep and find something that's going to be like, wow, like, I'm really, I can really do this. It's really like, as corny as I used to think it is, it's really truly mind over matter. And I feel like sometimes we get so stuck in like our routines, our comfortableness and all those things. We're like, you see it in society now that like society's not really challenged right now. Like we do a lot of things where like, we're kind of like just wanting to like kind of be the same. Everybody wants like equity, but to really get the things that we want in life and the results kind of got to go above and beyond. And the start of the being and doing above and beyond, it's doing those little things. So kind of how you said, oh, I'm going to start to see how far, I, how fast I can run this mile. Well, that's like the start of like doing those little things to build yourself up to make you want to train for a 5K or just do those things where like everything you do, the little things are going to add up. And when you kind of talk about like that separation factor, it really comes down to just doing those little things that you do every day that just sort you to do more. Like, if you're not doing the little things and you want to do, like, all these great things, it's not going to happen. Like, we're all in the working world now where we all probably started at the bottom of the barrel doing what we do and probably hate it. But everybody out of college wants a sexy job. But 
to get the sexy job, you got to do the groundwork first and uh, build sexy that foundation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's like you got to do those groundwork and you got to do that foundation. And I feel like so many people lose that factor where it's also instant gratification too in a lot in this world where people think they should attain that right away. And that's not all the time. Like the heaviest I got, I'm gonna be honest with you. I tell people 260. It was really like 290. Freshman year, I was heavy. Like I was pretty heavy. He was a big and, boy. Yeah. So I think it's to a point where like now I'm like 220 where I had to do the little work every single day to just try to be better to work to get to that matter. And sometimes we lose those factors. And I feel like once you remind yourself of that and really think about those things, it's going to be a driving force to where you can get the things that you want in life. As corny as that may sound, but it's true. So a uh, big thing that we have with season three, season of separation is we always like to ask our guests uh, final question in terms of uh, separation and trying to separate yourself from the crowd. So uh, my question for you, Jared, is you talked a lot about your mental health and the strives and uh, achievements you made in that regard and your physical health as well, the weight you've been able to lose. And obviously this whole thing has been about communication and everything. So I'm curious going forward, how do you plan to separate yourself from the crowd in terms of what you're mental and what you've gotten into your physical, your communication, just what do you feel is a skill or an attribute that you can add to your arsenal to just further bring yourself to a higher level and to move forward towards the goals that you have in your life? Well, I feel like, especially in society, kind of how we talked about how people are kind of geared away from like having those difficult conversations or like making sure, like being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Like people aren't doing that right now. And I feel like right now that's kind of my favorite that like, I love to do those things. Like I like to, of an uncomfortable moments. I like having hard conversations with people. And I think that's something that like definitely I didn't get on overnight. Like it took some hard work. Like you could call my mom right now. She'll probably say I'm still bad at it. But honestly, it's like one of those things that like I've practiced it over time every single day. And I feel like that used that in my advantage. And when it comes to doing things like that, I've seen it kind of resonate in my career where I've noticed now that someone told me for like life standpoint, especially in when you're in the working world is do the jobs that people aren't comfortable with doing. And that's how you separate yourself. And I've caught myself with those type of things, doing that at work where I've allowed myself to get more noticed at work. So overall that kind of like what Trey said earlier, a lot of these things come full circle in a lot of ways. So doing those every single day, and I'm not saying like go out of your way to go do something crazy or whatever, but just find little things like, that may challenge you throughout the day or whatever. Like if you have to do a report or something like that, if it takes you an hour, try to do it in 45 minutes. I don't know. Just like continue to always find that drive, find that purpose every single day. And I feel like it's what's going to separate yourself because it's so easy to like be caught up in the norm, your normal routine, normal way of life. What everyone thinks is just the normal thing to do. Normal is honestly the cancer to a lot of things. And we just got to continue just to be challenging ourselves. I think that what you said, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, I think that's a very powerful statement that um, a lot of people can bring into their lives and bring into their day-to-day thing 
just by trying to push yourself to be uncomfortable, like you say. And I think that is probably one of the best versions or ways I've heard someone say, like, what am I going to do to better myself every day is just constantly making yourself uncomfortable and constantly wanting to reach and to strive for being yourself, being yourself, your true self, being better always day by day, like almost like you've turned your whole life into just constant 75 hard. And it's not even like you're trying to do it. It's just kind of the way that you've built your life up now and the way that you kind of go about life in general is just that constant motivation, that constant betterment for yourself, being in well-being and wellness classes and working and all of that with first form and all of the working out you do, all of the team building that you always talk about, how you guys do team lifts and all of that is really just kind of started to round you into a better person. And from the, I would say from the beginning of when I first met you and now you're like a night and day person. I still, I love you the same either way, but it's like you, you now and your motivation and your goals and all of that is just completely different. And I would have never been able to say like in six years, this is how Jared's going to be or Jared's going to be doing and working at first form and all those things. I would have never thought that. And I think that is something that is completely like changed you for the better, honestly. Yeah. And I think, especially like as we get older, you know, your mindset's change, your views change a little bit, just like, especially kind of like figuring out who we want to be in society, especially like being young men in society. We're like, we're doing a lot on our own right now. And a little ways like that, like kind of being on your own kind of allows you to form yourself a little bit and kind of like, really figure out who you are and a lot of people don't like it but I've honestly embraced it in a lot of ways trying to figure out who I want to be like heck like five years from now could I be with first form maybe maybe not but at the same time like the things that I've learned from this process especially over the last like two years I know that I'll take those and continue just to like put them in my life and create aspects for me that's just going to make a better admin for my future Absolutely. And you speak on compound interests that uh, I always talk about, you know, outside of finances, compound interest and uh, the experience that you gain and been a part of and how you're going to use that to parlay yourself into the next opportunity. Uh, so it's great that's to hear that there's so many like minded people that think like that. And that's what they think of with the experiences. So um, as we close this out. Um, you know, obviously we appreciate you getting on here and sharing your thoughts and just being around so many great individuals from different ways and different thinkings, but also with that same mindset that we got to wake up every day and we got to do something. We don't know a hundred percent what it is and for everyone it's going to be something different, but we got to get up and do something. We got to have some type of purpose you know it's a little bit more than just existing and with any guests that we've had on so far and the future guests that we're going to have on you know everyone that tends to wake up and wants to do more than just exist and wants to have a purpose you just see it with their life you just see it with their mantra you see it with their mental health with their physical health you know it's just it's always something to strive for and you you are one of those people. So we appreciate you coming on and uh, giving us a great episode here. 
Closing this out, I'll open it up to Trey. Yeah, Trey, if there's anything you'd like to add before we wrap this thing up. Shout out to my boy Jay. He always holding it down for us. Always has, always will. Always been a big supporter of us. We really appreciate everything that you've done for us. For Whereas motivation, like some ideas we could have on the show and um, just always being there, honestly. And we really appreciate you hopping on here. And shout out to everybody who keeps tapping in, listening to us. Um, we really appreciate all the feedback that everyone provides. And, um, yeah, thanks, Jay. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. I've been wanting to do this for a while. So, hey, much love, for real. Appreciate y'all. 100%. 100%. And as always, like, follow, subscribe. Uh, check us out on Instagram, at underscore men, the podcast. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, all the same thing. Men the podcast, all one word. Check it out, man. We are a content machine right now, rolling out. Got a new video, new something going on every single week that we're bringing out for you guys. And uh, as always, appreciate all you guys, and we'll see you in the next one.